Now we're going to have our speaker come up, and we've brought a person in to talk about global warming and why it's not working in Montana. No, just kidding. Uh, Chris Townley's here. He pastors over our student ministries, and uh, uh, just have become a good friend of mine, and he does a great job with our students. So would you welcome Chris to the stage, please? All right. Last time I had the opportunity to speak, it was also snowing, and that was in December. So hopefully Brian doesn't ask me to, to speak any time in July. Otherwise, get your coats out, right? Um, I just wanted to start out by, by being honest with you guys. I hope that's okay, right? We're in church. That's kind of what we do here. Hopefully we do it outside, but also here, right? And, and so as the, like John was saying, as the leader of our student ministries and specifically our, our high school ministry, I just wanted you to know that I have a passion to see high school students encounter God and participate in friendships and community and just in a real life-changing way. And, and quite honestly, I'm not completely content with the influence that our, our group is having at this point. Now, I, I want you to know that I definitely love pouring into the students that we have, and, and I, I just love hanging out with them. But at the same time, like Bozeman in the Gallatin Valley uh, has so many students in it, right? There's so many students. And, and without a body of, of high school students, we can't be a movement of high school students. So I'm, I'm asking you, if, if you know a high school student, if you are a high school student, if you're the parent of a high school student, do, do whatever it takes to, to get around what we're doing with the 616, which is our high school group. And, and we'll, we'll make an impact in, the, in this valley in the lives of high school students and, and whatever that looks like in the future. Our, our group meets on Wednesday nights at 616 or the 616. It's when we meet, 616. All right, on the corner of Lamian Church in this big brick building. It's... It's easy to see. It's right there. And this Wednesday in particular, we'll actually be at the, the Bozeman Ponds right next to the mall for an end of the school year celebration. Come check that out. Maybe bring your snow pants. I don't know. We'll see. Right? But then the following week, we'll be back at our, at our normal location. So I just want to thank you in advance for getting around that with us around here and, and making that have the biggest impact it can possibly have in, in the lives of students. So I want to continue down that road, and, and I want to be honest with you again. Because, honestly, I am excited to be here this morning. Even with the dreary, snowy, rainy summer that we're having, I'm excited to be here. And I'm so excited that it just, it makes me think about how happy I am to be alive. And, and with that, I'd just like us all to take a deep breath. Can I'll just, yeah, that feels good, right? That feels good. God just let us do that. He just let us have a breath and probably another and another and, and I hope that everyone continues to breathe while I'm here. If not, let me know. We'll get you taken care of. But, but the thing is that I, it just it blows my mind that the creator of the universe, the, like the God of this world, he lets us continue breathing. He keeps giving us life. And whenever my life just totally gets stressed out or it gets crazy or it even gets hopeless, I just stop and I'm like, thank you, God. You know, I remember where it came from, and I, and I remember why I'm here. And part of why I believe that, that I'm here on this, on this earth is because Jesus wants me to be a part of great things. And so since we've kind of used honesty as a theme, I'm going to continue down that road. Because to be honest with you, I want to be a part of great things. 
I think we can probably all like agree on that, right? Nobody wants like a bunch of crap in their lives. Hey, could I get some burdens, God? I'd like to carry some junk, right? Nobody's sitting there being like, that's what I want. I want to work through all this, right? We all want to be a part of something great. So I'm just going to assume as, as I go on, they're all on the same page. We all want to be a part of great things. All right, so one of the greatest things that I was ever a part of, it happened during my junior year of college. I had this opportunity to travel to Sao Paulo, Brazil. And, and I went with the, this group of students to, to Sao Paulo to help and aid and work with some of the street children just living in, in the slums of the city there. It, it was actually a place that they called Crackland or, or Garbage Mouth. Right? Not exactly the stage where great things will happen on a, on a regular basis. And, and while I was there, the, the idea like behind the trip was just to aid the ministries that were already pouring in to the children in the city. And so we did things like we, we painted a fence that they never had time to, to paint. We did some maintenance that they never had time to do. We, we loved and played with children that didn't always get attention. And, and we kind of just poured into what they were doing. And you're probably thinking like, Chris, you definitely could have painted my fence and you didn't have to go to Sao Paulo. Let, let me know, I guess. Maybe we can find some students to help you out with that, right? But, but the thing is that, like, we were there to help them in, in, in their relationships and in their ministries, and we were partnering with them in the great things that they were doing, right? The great things that are happening on the, the streets of Sao Paulo that, that we will never hear about. And I feel like I'm still invested in those things that are happening there. And, and it was while I was there, while I was in Sao Paulo, that I just started to realize that God had more in store for me, that God actually wanted me to be a part of, of something great. And, and it was on about the, the fourth day of my 10-day my stay there that the, the team that I was working with that day had the assignment of going to play soccer, right? Tough assignment. Go play soccer with some kids. All right, I'm on it. And so, so off we go to play soccer, and, and, we're heading in, and we're heading into like the inner city to Crackland, to that area, to play with those street children. And, and on our way there, we're going down this big concrete hill, you know, with these skyscrapers all around us, these buildings. It's just like a big concrete jungle. I can hardly see the sky. I feel like I'm some Montana boy just lost in the city, right? I'm, where are the cows? Where, you know, I need some horses. I, I didn't know what was going on. I was just trapped in this concrete jungle, right? And, and we, we come through and there's this, there's this square, like at the end of this hill, this, this square right on the edge, like the invisible line between, you know, normal Sao Paulo and garbage mouth Sao Paulo. And, and in this square... There's these vendors just selling anything you can think of, none of it legit, and lots of sketchy activity going on there, right? It's not a place you would frequent and visit and be like, I'm going to get a souvenir from this place. And as I entered in to that square, I saw this girl. She was about 11 or 12, 11 or 12 years old, and she had this, this little plastic sandwich bag, just like this, over, over her face, like this. And... And she was, she was sniffing glue in, in this little plastic bag. And, and not only that, she had this, this whole crowd of, of little, smaller kids following her around, mimicking her every action, doing everything that she did. And I found out that, that those, those kids were sniffing the glue to kill the hunger pains in their stomachs, to quiet their, their growling bellies. That was the best they had. And I, and I just watched, and I... And I thought to myself, like, 
Right? That's all those little kids have is this girl. They don't have a thing or a person or anything better to follow, to give their lives to. They're, they're just whatever she does. And I'm sure that those little kids were all she had. Right? And it was in that moment that, that I saw her with a bag over her nose that my heart just broke. It seriously, just, it just shattered all over the ground in Sao Paulo, Brazil. And I was like, I have to give my life to something more. I have to give my life to giving people without hope a hope, to giving people without purpose a purpose, whatever it might be, wherever I am, whether that's in Sao Paulo or whether that's in Bozeman or anywhere in between, I had to start to love the world like Jesus loves me. And I knew then that I had to be about this, right? That Jesus had called me to something great. And the the thing is, we're all called to this. We're all called to this. In in John 14, 12, Jesus says this. He says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Right? I mean, we all want to be a part of something great. We all want our lives to represent something that matters. Right? We all want to roll out of bed every morning and have a reason to continue our day. Right, because we, we, all, we all agreed to that earlier, right? We all want to be a part of something. We, we want to get out of bed and be like, okay, I know what I'm going to do today. Right? We all want that. But why aren't we doing that? Like, what are we missing? Why aren't we doing something great? What, what, are, what, are, we, what are we missing out on? And that's what I want to talk to us about today. I want to give us something to grab hold of. Like a, a reason to go do it. And I think part of that comes with Having something to live for. Right? You can say, I live for Jesus. I mean, that, that's great because I live for Jesus too. But, but what is Jesus telling you to do? What does Jesus want you to live for? Some people call it a calling or a vision or a purpose, whatever you want to say. Right? That's what we need. And in, in Luke 5, there's a story of, of four friends who had a vision. All right? And we're, we'll follow along with their story. It begins in verse 17, you can follow along on the side or in your Bible or just listen. And the the story goes like this. One day while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in all Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up on the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, Young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and teachers of religious law said to themselves, Who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew what they were thinking. So he asked them, Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And immediately as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home, praising God. Right, of course he did. And everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe, and they praised God, exclaiming, we have seen amazing things today. Right, that's an awesome story. 
But sometimes it's, it's like a paragraph long, right? We just zoom through it. So I want to unpack that story for us real quick, right? We've got this group of friends. This group of friends, and they've got a vision, right? They know what they want to do. They've got a vision, a purpose, a calling, and that's to get their friend who's paralyzed to Jesus, right? They must have heard Jesus was healing, uh, and they all looked at each other, and they're like, perfect, we have a friend who needs healing, right? Pretty simple. Same for us. We know a Jesus who heals, and we have friends who need healing, but sometimes there's something in the middle, and we have a hard time getting from place to place, right? But not these guys, these guys are focused. They know what they want to do. And so they load him up on his mat. Right? They, they're carrying this man, this paralyzed man, which isn't an easy task, even probably with four guys. Right? If you've ever carried someone who's a dead weight who just goes like limp in your arms, right? it's, not, it's not an easy task. And they, they're taking him to Jesus. And so they load him up and they get him going and they get to where Jesus is teaching. And they run into this crowd. Right? There's this crowd. And it must have been this, this thick, packed crowd, right? Because they, they couldn't get the man through the crowd. And so they're, they're sitting there and they're like, man, since we can't make it through the crowd, we might as well get up on the roof, right? Brilliant and creative, but not on my list of options, right? I'm, let's set the man down and take a break, you guys. The crowd will go away. I promise the crowd will go away. Jesus will still be there. We'll take him. Not these guys, right? So they're standing at the base of this building where Jesus is teaching with this crowd, Right, and they're just like scratching their chins. And they're like, how do we get them on the roof? Maybe there were stairs. Maybe there was a ladder. I don't know. It doesn't say. So I started to speculate. I thought perhaps these four friends are engineers. And, and they're going to they're gonna construct like this intricate pulley system with whatever's around there, wrap it around some trees, and they're just like, boop, up they go, right? Boop, right on top. Man, on the roof. Perhaps, though, that, that wasn't the case. And and I was thinking, maybe these four guys were jocks. And they are like, oh, uh, what do we do? Right? Uh, how do we get this guy on the roof? And then they're like, oh, yeah, let's go old school, fireman's toss. And so they're all like chest bumping and high-fiving, right? And they're like, everybody grab a limb. And so they all grab a limb. And they're like, one, two, three, heave. And they just chuck him. Boom, right on the roof. Maybe he missed it. I don't know. He's paralyzed. What does it matter? right? The, guy, the guy's paralyzed, and Jesus is there to heal. Like, they've got everything covered. Paralyzed, healing Jesus. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. I, I played basketball, by the way. I was a jock. I can make fun of us, right? And so, however they manage to do this, right, they, they get him up on the roof. They get him up there, and once they're there, right, they're not done, because now they're on the roof, right? That's not where Jesus is, and so it says they removed some tiles, but these tiles were probably attached. There's probably like particles of ceiling falling down as they remove it. Right, and now they've got a hole in the ceiling. And there's these four guys up there with their paralyzed friend. And can you just imagine the four of them remove the tile, they got the hole, and they all poke their head down. Right, and they're like, all right, that's where we need to be. Right, all these people are looking up like, Jesus was just teaching. They're like, don't worry, he's got better things in store. And so they look down, right, and, and the jocks, they probably just drop him. <laughs> thud, you know, like, it doesn't matter. But the engineers, they use their pulley system they already constructed that sets them right down there. The point being, though, right, they get him at the feet of Jesus. Like, the paralyzed man is, is right there at the feet of Jesus. And those friends had set the stage for a miracle. They had set the stage for something great to happen. 
right? And those friends, they look on from, from up above, right? They're still on the roof, and they look on as their friend picks up his mat, and he walks out the door with his sins forgiven, right? That gives you chills. Like, that, that's what happened. If they hadn't got him there, would that have happened? I don't know, right? And they were so in love with this vision that they had, with this, this mission, right? They knew that God had something in store that they would not stop at anything to get their friend there, right? They, they reached a crowd. They were not deterred. They, they, there was a roof. They got him up there. They may have been tired. That didn't matter. They're, they may have doubted that this could actually work out, but it didn't matter, They did everything they needed to do to get their friend at the feet of Jesus so that all those people filling that room could witness the power of Jesus. Right? Isn't that what we want to do? Don't we want to set the stage for everyone we know to see the power of Jesus? Right, that the same Jesus who just gave us breath, who's let us breathe this whole time, who's allowed us to be alive. Don't we want to set the stage for everyone we know to witness that power? And, and you know what blows my mind with all this? Is that Jesus just told us, we will do greater things than this. I mean, greater things than giving legs to a paralyzed man. We'll do greater things than that, Jesus says. Greater things than giving sight to the blind or hearing to the deaf, or words to the mute, legs to the lame, or, or life to the dead, really will do greater things than that, Jesus? Right, he says it. Jesus says that. He says, I tell you the truth. Right, he doesn't say, I give you a little bit of something to hope for. He doesn't say, here's a lie that will deceive you. He says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these. Jesus says that. Jesus promises that. Not me. I'm just telling you what Jesus said. Do you believe that? Do you believe Jesus when he says, I tell you the truth? Right? Because we all know someone who who is blind to any hope at the end of their struggle. Right? Let's give them sight. We all know someone whose ears have never heard the words, I love you. Let's let them hear and say, I love you. Or we all know someone who doesn't have the strength to take another step. Let's give them the legs. Let's let Jesus be their strength. Right? We all know someone who is so hopeless, who is broken, who has nothing left to live for. Let's share with them the life-saving, life-changing love of Jesus Christ and let him raise them from the dead so that they can live with a purpose, with a hope, with a mission, with a calling. Right? Because that's what Jesus is talking about. He says, we will do greater things than these. And, And he's talking about us. This room right here, every one of us filling this room. He says, when we do that, We will do greater things than him because we're so many people, right? Because we're mobilized. When all of us get around it and as a community we start to do what Jesus wants us to do, we will do greater things than he ever did. That's what he's talking about. That's what Jesus means. Our, Our middle school group, we're called the SLAM. We lived this out earlier this year when we raided our closets of all the old clothes that we never wore or the 
the shirt we got at Christmas and we wore once and put it back in there, right? We, we grabbed all these things and we put them in garbage bags full of clothes. We had 10 bags that would have filled this, the front part of the stage. And we dropped them off at Love, Inc. And we said, give them to the people who need them, right? Who knows what kind of hope, what greater thing that did. Then not long after that, the same middle school students, they filled up two shopping carts full of food during Thanksgiving and took them to the food bank. Who knows what kind of hope that brought to people without food, right? About, about a month ago, we packed a car full of supplies for the Network Against Sexual and Domestic Abuse, packed the car with paper towels, toilet paper, laundry detergent, the things they need to keep doing the greater things that they're doing. Right, middle schoolers, a body of middle schoolers, a community of middle schoolers doing greater things. Right, let's follow that lead. Or even just look at the family of Journey, right, our annual Easter egg hunt, where 5,000 people come and just have a blast during Easter. Right, everything, just come and, come and enjoy with us. Or, or how we get volunteers to Special Olympics or, or to Family Promise or to Love, Inc. Or, or to whoever it is. Right, because when we're doing it as a body, it's so much greater. So what are we waiting for? Don't we want to be a part of those things, of these promises that Jesus has for us? Right, because just imagine if we all lived in the truth of that promise. Right, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, that's a promise. What if we lived in the truth that he really wants us to be a part of greater things than what he was a part of? Right, imagine if we walked out of here today, every single one of us, if we walked out that door today with action on our hearts instead of just another message filling our minds. Imagine what God would do in this community, within his kingdom. Imagine the impact that that would have. I mean, it, it begins when we all start doing the things that God's always been telling us to do. We're just afraid to start them. I don't, I don't know what it is, but it, what if we started that, that project of feeding lunches to the homeless? Or what if we, we finally volunteered at an elementary school and decided to help kids learn to read? What if we took a step toward adoption? What if we sold a bunch of our possessions and just gave away the money to those in need? Right? Or, or maybe, maybe it's just as simple as telling your best friend about the relationship with you ha- that you have with God and how much that means to you. But if we all start doing those things that God's been telling us to do all along, imagine how God will use that. A a pastor I admire asked the question in a way better way, and this is what he says. He says, what would you be willing to attempt for God if you knew you could not fail? What would you be willing to attempt for God if you knew you could not fail? Right, because what did God tell us? He already told us it was going to be great. Right, what are we waiting for? It's going to be great. He says, I tell you the truth. Right, it's going to be great. You're going to do greater things. So what would we attempt if we knew we could not fail? Right, think about that. And, and as we think on that, I want to add one more piece to this puzzle. The, the foundational piece, if you will. And it it kind of goes like this. It, we're going to have a, a really hard time achieving greater, greater things if we don't surrender to God first. 
if we don't give him control, complete control of our lives. And so I ask you, what are you, what are you holding on to? What is keeping you from this? What do you need to surrender? For me, I had to surrender my future. My wife and I, we had our lives planned out year by year for like the next 20 years or something. Two years, five years here, three years here, kids here, whatever, you know. Like we had it all planned out. And I had to surrender that to God. And when, when I let that go, when I said, God, take my future, it allowed me to step into his dream for me, what he wanted and now, now I'm standing here and I get to share with you the power of Jesus in my own life and what that's done to me. And I think he'd say that's great. I think he'd say that's great. So what do you need to let go of? What are you holding on to? Right? Maybe you need to surrender your future too. Or maybe it's a relationship you need to let go of. Or maybe it's a job you need to surrender. Or a belief or a lack of belief. Or, or whatever, whatever it is, right? Only you know that. That's the business that you need to transact with God. But you know that there's something that you've been holding on to that God wants from you so that he can use you to accomplish greater things than him. Right? Because the surrender is worth it, you guys. The surrender is worth it. Again, what does Jesus say? He says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me, he's saying anyone who surrenders everything, who gives me their whole lives, will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these. Right? It's absolutely worth it. And don't forget that promise. Don't doubt that promise. Hold on to that promise. And in that, remember that that everything we do every single day, right, is our ministry. It's our opportunity whatever it is we're doing to share Jesus, to be the community that he's talking about, to do greater things than him. Just imagine that, right? But one, one more thing to remember. Brian, Brian said this last week, right? He said, God doesn't need us, right? But I know for sure that God will certainly use us when we're willing, when we surrender when we step into that with him. So don't forget that, right? What are you waiting for? The question of the day, what are you waiting for? Right, what are you waiting for? What do you need to give up? What do you need to step into? What do you need to do? Because I can't wait to see what God does in our community when we all get about giving everything we have to this God of greater things. Right, in the name of Jesus, Let's do greater things for his kingdom. Let's commit our lives to that. If you could just put your things aside right now and, and close your eyes. You, use this time to talk to God. Take this time to, to talk with him. Use this time to surrender whatever it is you're holding on to. Use this time to let it go. Use this time to to maybe commit to taking a first step in doing greater things for God. Use this time to reveal what's on your heart to him. And if you could just remain in a posture of prayer for the next couple minutes.
I want to I want to take this time to talk to anyone here who might might be thinking yeah I want to I want to be able to be a part of these greater things that you're offering God but I know that I need to surrender my life to you first I know that I need to give you control and and if you're here today and you're thinking I want that relationship with Jesus you're thinking I need to surrender my life to God then I want to give you the opportunity to do that. And so if, if that's you and you, you feel God nudging at your heart and you want to say yes to him today, then you can just pray this prayer with me quiet, quietly in your hearts. And it, it goes something like this. God, I, I'm ready to do greater things with my life, but I know I need to surrender it to you first. I need you to save me, God. I, I know that I've done things I shouldn't have and I know that I've sinned in ways I shouldn't have. And I need you to forgive me, God. Make me new. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to the cross for me. And now I need you to be my friend. I need you to be my purpose and I need you to be the boss of my life. Today, God, I give you control. And if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want you to know that you've made the most important decision you will ever make in your life. Nothing carries more weight or more importance in who you are. And it's so important that around here at Journey, we ask you just to share that with us. And no one's looking around but me. I don't want to embarrass you. But if you made that decision today, would you be so bold as to make eye contact with me and slip up your hand? And by doing that, you're saying, yeah, I stepped into relationship with God today. You can do that now. Yeah, God's changing you guys, yeah. I see you. God's changing you. Yeah, God's changing you. I see you. I see you over there on the side. Yeah, absolutely. The most important decision you will ever make. I don't want to miss anybody. God, I just pray that we would begin to believe your promise that you will do greater things when we as a body of followers get around what you're doing, God. I pray that that you would give us the courage to lay our lives down for you, to surrender everything and follow you no matter the cost. Allow us to be about bringing sight to the blind and hearing to the deaf and legs to the lame and life to the dead. God, give us the courage to do that. I pray that, that we would just be your people, God, and that our hearts would break for what breaks yours. And in that, Jesus, just challenge us to trust you and follow you no matter what. May we live for you. May we love you because you are our reason and the power behind our life, God. We love you and in your name we pray. Amen.